Hello, I'm Grace Chung. And I'm Lina So Ng. Welcome to the Curious Podcast featuring outstanding women in tech and science in Asia. We unpack journeys of successful women in STEM and get their take on their industry's future challenges as well as new horizons. Today we focus on cybersecurity, which is on a giant growth path. The MIT Technology Review says that there will be about 3.5 million cybersecurity jobs, a growth of 350% this year. And let me say hello to Joanne Wong, Vice President of cybersecurity firm Logarithm. Great to have you on the podcast, Joanne. First, let's talk about the industry's growth. What do you attribute to the rise in jobs in cybersecurity? So let's start with talking about cyber attacks. I mean, they are on a rise today um, around the world, not just in APEC or in Singapore. By and large, reason because of COVID-19, right? The pandemic has accelerated digitalization and expanded digital attack services for cyber criminals. And as this pandemic, we've seen force, you know, uh, more businesses as well as people like you and I going online, uh, we are more vulnerable to threats like phishing emails, uh, unsafe remote computer connections, as well as spam um, campaigns. So with this rise in attacks in tandem, we see um, organizations as well as nation states looking for, you know, towards cybersecurity for answers. And, you know, Lena just mentioned that there is um, a vast gap in terms of how, how many people is needed to serve cybersecurity versus what we have today in terms of talent. And that is the reason why we're seeing, you know, this uh, growth in the space. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with cloud, isn't it? How about uh, mobile devices, IoT? You know, one of the things that we look at today is really the expansion of the attack surface. Mobile, IoT, and definitely with 5G coming into play. Today, we haven't seen the full expansion of 5G, but 5G in itself um, has accelerated uh, the adoption of IoT. And, and when you see this acceleration you and you see more people getting on IoT devices, the attack surface has just exponentially increased and therefore making us you know, uh, users even more vulnerable to attack. Yes. And what are some forms of cyber attacks? I mean, I've heard of ransomware. What else is there? <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit about ransomware. And the reason why I like to start with ransomware is it is by far the most lucrative uh, from an attacker's perspective, as well as it is also the hardest um, to, to defend against for a few reasons, right? We talked a little bit about the expanded digital attack surface earlier, um, which has resulted in the um, you know, b- biggest cybersecurity threats today. Um, in the past, ransomware, as we know it, is, it's pretty straightforward. You start with an attacker you know, holding uh, a victim's file or data hostage usually through encryption, and then demanding a ransom to restore it. Recently, I've spoken about this uh, new phenomenon called the triple extortion tactic. So one, the cyber criminal not only encrypts your data while he's waiting for you know, uh, the demand to be paid, uh, or rather the ransom to be paid, they are already putting your data on sale in the dark web. Right? So they're making money on the other side as well. And um, the triple extortion really comes when 
the victim figures, you know, I've got a good backup infrastructure. I don't need to pay the ransom, so I will not respond. So how the uh, attackers bring the victims back to the negotiation table is then to initiate a DDoS attack, right? Um, and this basically not only holds your data at ransom, it holds, you know, your server, your website, basically your business at ransom and pressurizing you to pay. Uh, so this is definitely still very much um, a real threat uh, and it's costing, you know, businesses lots of money, individuals, including small businesses as well. I mean, the second attack that I wanted to talk about, which is also not new, but um, definitely picking up pace, it's the one as it relates to supply chain attacks mm -hmm. or what we understand as third-party vendors, right? So this occurs when cyber criminals actually assess your organization system by means of the external site, right? Or an outside partner. And most of the time when we have contractors and partners, we actually provide as an organization some level of access, right? Um, and it's, it varies. And because of this level of access and the, you know, the use of vendors and supply uh, chain, this is now an increasingly, becoming an increasingly common attack as well. Uh, this year alone, right, in Singapore, we've witnessed such attacks. And these mm -hmm. are brand names, Singtel, Singapore Airlines, and then most recently, the Fullerton Healthcare. So these are the two that I thought would be of interest to our listeners. So if all of this is happening now, what challenges do leaders or employees and organizations uh, have to tackle as we go into 2022? They always say this, right? Um, everyone is looking for the weakest link. And unfortunately, people or users tend to be the weakest link, less about the technology. So mm. one of the things that you know leaders have to continue to do is really that education, that ongoing education. Cybersecurity is not just for the chief information security officer and his team or right. you know the security operations center and the analysts. That's not true. While their role is to maintain the highest level of um, cybersecurity standards, it's the users that are most vulnerable. So education and training has to be ongoing and has to be updated um, all the time. So we are um, talking about cyber wellness training. Absolutely. Yes. Awareness. Um, and I think most people know you're not meant to go click on, you know, that curious link. Yeah. But, um, you know, when we, when we look at the hybrid workforce, we have blended, you know, like for me, you know, I wake up today, I've dressed up for, for, for this program. Looking but good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lena. Uh, an, an excuse to dress up. Uh, but, you know, our, our daily life has blended into our work life. And so we do tend to let our guards down quite a bit um, when you're at home, working from home. So, and we've seen definitely a rise in um, attacks because of user breaches, right? We call that uh, internal breaches. And it's not, um, you know, malicious. It's just, I would say, an oversight or an eagerness to click on that link. And sometimes, you know, because again, that blurred lines between personal and work life, if I were to get an email from my CMO late at night and it's urgent and I know I'm tired, there is that sense of, um, you know, gut, your gut being down and you tend to click on it because you really want to respond to your boss or your manager. Yeah. So, so training, um, regular training helps us to keep alert. 
So I would say cyber wellness training is definitely one of them. Yeah. Do you think more can be done by, you know, policymakers as far as cyber criminals go? You know, when it comes to policy and compliance, I would say that that is the minimum bar, right? So we start with that, but with any compliance and rules and regulation, it's literally a tick in the box. And folks or even companies, um, organizations tend to do the bare minimum, whatever it's required to tick you know, to tick that box. So I would say, yes, if you don't have policies in place, we definitely need to have those policies in place. I think Singapore has done a phenomenal job. Um, You know, we are definitely, I want to say, world-class. We know that we are susceptible. We are an easy target because we have aspirations and, you know, to be a um, digitalized city, right? A smart city nation. We've made leaps and bounds very recently this year. You know, we've put policies in place uh, to further strengthen our cybersecurity in our critical infrastructure, which we have seen uh, in some instances, um, you know, being attacked all, all the time, right? So we have thankfully, you know, not fallen prey, but we see those attacks and they see it because they've got the technologies, they've got their strategies in place to look out for those attacks and deal with them in real time. You're listening to The Curious Podcast Asia featuring top women in STEM. Tune in every Monday to a new episode featuring outstanding women in technology and science. Subscribe to The Curious Podcast on Apple, Spotify or Google. So in order to combat the perpetrators, the technology has to advance, right? So how has the technology advanced over the last five years and what is the hot technology today? Technology is something that that excites me because, you know, it has helped us um, achieve so many things, right, that we could not have done um, with just uh, brute effort, right, or human effort. Um, as cyber attacks evolve, we have seen cyber security technology as well as how we assess um, attacks also evolve, right, in how we detect, how we respond. I would say that um, machine learning has come a long, long way, right? We are not quite a lot of folks use the term artificial intelligence, right? So while there are, um, I want to say, machine learning that's uh, at play really to help us orchestrate, automate some of these response to help our smaller teams do what we will not be able to do, plow through, you know, millions and millions of um, data, right, to, to actually sift um, the, the needle from the hay, right, where the threats really lie. I want to say that Machine learning is advancing, um, progressing very much so, and more and more technologies are leveraging that from a security perspective to automate and make things just a little bit easier. I think, Lena, you mentioned a little bit around cloud computing. So with all our data and our infrastructure, um, computer infrastructure, literally moving into the cloud, that's one, you know, with 5G um, uh, being uh, at play, we we see cybersecurity strategy also trying to go in tandem with those advancements, right? And one of the things that um, I like to talk about is missed computing. It's a little up there because you don't see it, right? Uh, But it literally operates at the extreme edge of the network, right? And it allows us to detect um, and respond to threats um, that we were not able to do before. Well, Joanne, you're in an industry that's typically dominated by men, <laughs> right? Would you like to touch on diversity and inclusion uh, landscape, how women can do better in this field? 
Sure. So one of the things that you, you've rightly pointed out is we don't see as many women as we would like to, right? Um, I think for women who are keen to pursue a um, career in technology, my advice is really simply just do it. Um, you know, I like to give examples, right? Within Logarithm itself, um, until recently, our APAC lead security architect, it's a woman, you know, highly respected among her peers and in the community. Um, you know, our lead support engineer, so she manages a team, is also a she, right? Um, while there may be fewer, that there are also those who have achieved it because they have a passion to do it. The other thing about, you know, encouraging young women who are really passionate about technology is cybersecurity is such a hot, hot industry, right? Um, it pays well, one, um, yeah. and they actually love to have more women join this fall because I think the industry has recognized that women bring that something extra, right? We are definitely more creative in how we think. Um, at the same time, you know, we can be as good as, um, as you know, our male counterparts in terms of coding um, or our analytical skills. So my encouragement to women is if this is your passion, just do it. Well, I'm interested in um, attracting young female um, uh, graduates into the tech industry. And now you have been a leader in, in the tech industry for several years. So from your position, if you were to give advice to the young female executives who join you, what is the most general tip or, or useful tip that you can give them? so that they can advance in their career? So I think for me, it, that has never really come across my mind. And hopefully, you know, women, um, young women who are looking to, to pursue a career in cybersecurity are not just looking at, oh, this is a very male-dominated um, industry. I think for one, the tip is, like I said, if you have passion to do it, you know, you are as good as your next, uh, the next person or the person next to you, male or female. Let gender not be, you know, um, uh, not be something to hold you back because that is not, is definitely not part of the equation. All right. Thanks, Joanne. Now we come to the section on the rapid fire questions. Okay. So these are short questions and uh, give us short answers, one sentence at the max, two sentences. But just say whatever you think that comes to your head first, right? So here goes. What is the most precious data you fear losing? My bank account data. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What is the favorite part of your job? Mentoring women. Great. What is the one key thing a woman tech executive must do to help her advance? Speak out. Do not be afraid to speak out. You're stuck on an island with one person. Who would that be? The guy, Bear. You know the guy from that show who escapes with just, I think, a pen knife. I think his name is Bear. <laughs> Lena knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Okay. The last question. What is the best advice you have received as an employee? Bring your whole self to work. Do not be afraid to be yourself. I think that's the best self that you can bring. Right. Your authentic well, thank self. Thank you very much, Joanne. That's awesome, your, your, your answers. Oh, thank yeah. you, Grace. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And that was Joanne Wong, Vice President of Logarithm. 
sharing with us developments in cybersecurity and the jobs emerging in the field in the next few years. An exciting interview indeed. Thanks, Joanne. And it leads me now to thank you for joining us on the Curious Podcast, featuring top women in tech and science in Asia. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and Anchor FM. Sorry, sorry.